Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. This sermon began with Moses, which is one way you know you're in a Unitarian Universalist church on Christmas Eve. I sit down at my desk to write and gaze out at the wintry morning. Suddenly, a great blue heron lifts from the trees and wheels in its impossible flight toward me, its six-foot wingspan almost translucent against the lightning sky. And then up and over the roof, and it's gone. Next to me, the Bible is open, but otherwise as yet untouched. My eyes come to rest on these words. Just one sentence. Moses said to God, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. How ironic or short-sighted that we ask that glory be revealed while we are surrounded by it, smelling, tasting, hearing, seeing, feeling glory, breathing, inspiring, being glory. And when we remember to pay attention, it's not just out there, not just for others to experience. I invite you to join me this evening in engaging the very real possibility of being awestruck, the experience of glory. One of my divinity school students, Michael Dickinson, told our class that the angel who visits the shepherds in the nativity story and the angel of the Lord came upon them, that angel, was not the way it's pictured, not on high in the sky, talking down to the shepherds from amidst parted clouds. The angel, he said, and he was stating this as fact, which I somehow appreciate when it comes to miracles. He said... That angel walked right up to them, talked to them face to face, and scared them and thrilled them. Michael asked, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Including only material from the Gospels that they judged to be authentic. The scholars of the Jesus Seminar produced what they called the Gospel of Jesus. Hear now the story of the Nativity according to the Jesus Seminar. Jesus was a descendant of Abraham. Jesus' parents were named Joseph and Mary. Jesus was born when Herod was king. Eight days later, when the time came to circumcise him, they gave him the name Jesus. Kevin Carson, another of my Divinity School students, comments, it would be a very short pageant. (laughs) 
What carols would we sing? I beseech thee, show me thy glory. Years ago, I was snowshoeing with an obstetrician. I know this sounds like the setup for a bad joke. A minister and an obstetrician were snowshoeing. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't funny. He had come here to Arlington Street following a car wreck that he had survived with a brain injury. He loved his work and really couldn't imagine his life beyond the point at which he'd been told he would have to surrender his license to practice medicine. He came here because his spirit was broken. A perfect morning. There is new snow, snow on snow, drifted against boulders like swirling meringue. The evergreen branches slope under the weight of it, narrowing our path. I ask him what he had loved most about doctoring. This is a little tricky because he's crushingly depressed and fragile but I know I can't really help him until I deeply understand what it is he feels that he's lost. He stops and turns a bit toward me. Have you ever seen a birth, he asks. His words are forced by some combination of anger and despair and longing. To attend a birth is everything, he says. You never get tired of it. How could you tire of a miracle, miracle after miracle, and all that joy? And then he says this, I miss feeling awestruck. In that moment, I know he will be all right. If he can remember awe, if through a different spiritual path now, he can once again experience glory, he will be all right. I beseech thee, show me thy glory. In the winter of 1971, Larry Stewart was out of work and hungry. He hatched a plan to go to the Dixie Diner, order a hot meal, and when the bill came, to start looking for his wallet. All went as planned. The waiter, who was also the cook and the owner, came over to the stool where Larry was sitting and handed him a $20 bill. Son, he said, you must have dropped this. After Larry left the restaurant, he realized that no one had dropped that money. He made a prayer of thanksgiving, promising God, if you ever put me in a position to help, I'll do it. It was a good prayer. Larry was hired by a cable vision and long distance company and made a fortune. <laughs> At Christmas time in 1979, he went to a drive-in, ordered a hamburger and a soda, handed the car hop $20, and told her to keep the change. She said, you're kidding. Larry said, no, ma'am. Merry Christmas. 
She began to cry and told Larry he had no idea what it meant to her. Secret Santa was born. Every Christmas season until his death in 2007, Larry Stewart just walked up to people in the street, in laundromats, thrift stores, pawn shops, homeless shelters, and bus stops, people who looked like they could use a little extra help, and gave them money, anonymously paying forward that original gift. Paying forward, except for one day in 2000, when he tracked down a gentleman named Ted Horn, who had retired to Tupelo, Mississippi, the former owner, chef, and waiter of the Dixie Diner. Larry Stewart handed Ted Horn an envelope with $10,000 in it. You don't have to do this, Ted said, trying to give back the money. I've come to pay you back, Larry responded. You have no idea how far that $20 went. I beseech thee, show me thy glory. Martin Luther, 95 Theses, nailed to the door of the church in Wittenberg, 1517, Protestant Reformation, that Martin Luther, also the subject of a legend, a good story, out walking on a wintry night, he looked up to see an evergreen silhouetted against the star-studded sky. It looked, he said, as if the branches were illuminated. He decided to try it at home for his family. He cut down a tree, brought it inside, and decorated it with candles, the first Christmas tree in Germany. How would it be to see like that? When Western surgeons discovered how to perform safe cataract operations, they ranged across Europe and America, operating on dozens of people of all ages who had been blind since birth. Marius von Senden wrote a wonderful book called Space and Sight, in which he collected accounts of their new perceptions. He describes a little girl who visits a garden, seeing it for the first time. She is greatly astonished, he writes, stands speechless in front of the tree, which she only names after taking hold of it, and then as the tree with the lights in it. After her cataract operation, another girl kept her eyes shut for two weeks. When at last she was persuaded to open them, these are Marius von Senden's words, the more she now directed her gaze upon everything about her, the more it could be seen how an expression of gratification and astonishment overspread her features. She repeatedly exclaimed, Oh God, how beautiful. I beseech thee, Show me thy glory. Now we have to circle back to Moses. You know the story. He's tending sheep, and he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. 
And when God saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here am I. And he said, draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet. For the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. I vote that it's all holy ground. That this place and every place we stand is made sacred by our choice to make it so. Annie Dillard writes, beauty and grace are performed whether or not we will sense them. The least we can do is try to be there. You have to stalk everything. You have to stalk the spirit, too. You can wait forgetful anywhere, or you can pursue it wherever you dare. I beseech you, show me thy glory. In October, novelist Mona Simpson eulogized her brother, Steve Jobs, saying he spoke at the close of his life like someone whose baggage was already strapped onto the vehicle, who was already on the beginning of his journey, even as he was sorry, truly, deeply sorry to be leaving us. And as he departed, he spoke his final words, which Mona recorded in all capital letters. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Beloved spiritual companions, may we too come face to face with an angel and believe it. May we, attending to all manner of birth, find ourselves awestruck. May we seek and find the tree with the lights in it, transfigured. It's all holy ground, everywhere holy, every place made sacred by our choice to make it so. May we gaze upon everything and let astonishment and gratitude overtake us. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I beseech thee, show me thy glory. Amen.